that with us, by the way. <laughs> no one oh, heard that. Here we fine. go. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's good. For those for those who don't know, <laughs> it's yeah. uh it's it's Nolan week. It is Nolan talking week. About, talking about Mr. Christopher Nolan. Now can I ask Nolan's you guys a question? Dog. I'm just gonna yeah. hop I'm just gonna hop in. Can you really Do just it. talk about Christopher Nolan and not talk about his wife and brother? Is there I mean, an integral part of their of his process? No. Yeah, I think it's a part of it. Right. Yeah, I think it's a part of it. Okay. One hundred percent. I feel to talk like about uh, Joe Russo and not talk about Anthony Russo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I do feel like a lot of people don't though. So I, I feel like Jonathan right? should. doesn't yeah, get exactly. a lot of love. Yeah. That's that's weird to me because like Jonathan has been like I don't want to say the driving force, but like it's not insignificant. Right. He's written like half his brother's movies. <laughs> so like Yeah, they're right. they're a solid team at this point. You can say that. Yeah. 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 Oh, we got Christopher in the chat. Welcome, buddy. What, what? up, bro? What's up, Captain Milk Monkey? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's that already? Oh, uh, dude, fucking stream today was fucking hype. <laughs> fucking Christopher fucking subbed. What? And I was like, what's up, Captain Milk Monkey? And I completely <laughs> just fucking botched it. Dude, got quiet. Were you going to say something? He's been saying something this whole time. Can you not hear Sarge? Can you not hear me? No. Yeah, he's talking. My bad. How dare you? (laughs) I don't even want to tell the story now. Fuck it. All right. Well, let's just hop into Christopher Nolan. That's what we're here to talk about. (laughs) Um, I was was listening to a Malcolm Gladwell uh, interview today, and uh, he said, said, uh, I forgot my point completely. Oh, there it goes. It's gone. All right. Who's next? False. (laughs) This is falling apart. Uh, Did Did you know he was raised in London? And Chicago. Yeah. That's kind of a and dope life. Like, like, right? Like, coming up and you're just, like, going in between Chicago. Well, depending on what neighborhood in Chicago, but I'm sure his was fine. With Chicago and London. Yeah, Nolan Tech? Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. Like, what, is he, what, is he, what if he was from the south side of Chicago? That'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 92nd Street. Uh, so. Oh, I, I, uh, I got my point back. Good. Go. There it is. Okay. Do it. Malcolm Gladwell uh, was talking about uh, fucking... Why do I keep losing it? I keep getting it and losing it. I keep getting no distracted. Way, I do. I don't know what's going on. It's because I'm talking about ten thousand hours. You're talking about. No, he's talking. Oh, he's talking about creativity and people making movies and people like critics are always slamming people for making movies, um, and not dumbing it down, right? And uh, like, like, sure. like, oh, it's 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 uh like oh like it's too complicated, right? Or, or it's too much. And Malcolm Gladwell was saying how like people are actually really smart and really get you know and really can take these concepts. And I think uh, when I, when I saw that interview today, I, the first thing I thought was Nolan, because all of his movies are super like layered. Yeah, yeah. homie doesn't dumb shit down. No, he doesn't. Like, dumb anything literally, down. the only time I think he's ever dumbed something down was Tenet, and he didn't really dumb down the movie. Just when the protagonist is learning for the first time what's happening, that scientist at that college is just like, "Don't think about it. Just this is how it works." And I was like, "Cool, <laughs> thanks," because I didn't need to be doing that. The rest of the movie no, is a fucking mind bender. It is, but the movie—I don't know—it it does hold your hand quite a bit. It does, but also I like the his style overall is a puzzle box. It's like a puzzle, right? And it's yeah. like we have to learn as we go, just like the the, the characters do. And sure. I I enjoy that that form of storytelling. And then did like you see it, that? Hmm? Did you see that thing I wrote about puzzle box? No, I didn't see it. No, I didn't. I funny. see it now. 
that's really weird you just said puzzle box so uh captain midnight a really good youtube channel um said uh it is puzzle box filmmaking but he says quote not like jj abrams style where answers are constantly held off from the audience sidebar i hate that shit right when like they well, just movies like we know how this is gonna work but you yeah don't. it's just obvious that it just doesn't want to tell you anyway yeah uh but in the style and where the audience is asked to sit through a lot of confusing sequences before everything is uh, pulled together in a surprising and hopefully emotionally cathartic way yo so, interstellar is that yeah dude the whole movie you're like what the fuck is happening and then it's like oh shit so so ryan interstellar um is about earth dying plants can't grow anymore and uh matthew mcconaughey's got a chance to go find an earth-like planet but he knows that if he leaves he's never going to be coming back uh but before he leaves his daughter is like talking to a ghost in his bedroom who's like leaving messages and stuff like that so uh about three-fourths through the movie uh mcconaughey gets sucked into a black hole or actually kind of goes willingly i think yeah and he comes out in this weird like geographic kaleidoscope looking environment and he starts to sift through these weird abstracts lines and he looks through the lines and he's looking through the bookcase into his daughter's bedroom when she was eight years old and he starts pounding on the wall and knocking books off the wall which is what she thought was a ghost you know what's funny so he's like talking to her in her in his past through yeah. this weird yeah it's it's, it's amazing it's so you're true. like the whole time it's like it was him it was him and he's Murph. screaming to himself he was screaming to himself don't leave yeah don't go it's, it's amazing but also damning humanity if he did that right um, yeah. yeah one thing that's hard to do just listening to you ben like paraphrase it it's kind of hard to paraphrase his movies that, that was this pretty is pretty good this though. is but not pretty good no, though? it is pretty good but like there's that's a only lot that one you point. Left, yeah, yeah there's a lot only that you left out of that movie but like an elevator like, pitch for a Nolan movie can only kind of give you one facet of this like diamond, right? You're sitting here trying to figure out like how do I pitch this to people? You pick the thread to pitch, but no Nolan movie is a single thread. It's always a fucking tapestry that you're like, well, there's a lot of shit yeah. going on. Here's you the can't. thing I think that you would like about this movie, so come watch it. Uh so you guys uh I've heard the terms logline and elevator pitch. Obviously, you know, elevator pitch is you've got give me a summary, right? Mm-hmm. You heard of logline. Logline is the one sentence uh, breakdown of your story elements. And uh, 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 Caleb, the writer of Westwood, Aaron Sorkin, Sorkin says it's uh, the protagonist, the inciting incident, the protagonist's goal, and then uh, and then what's going to get in his way. It's those four elements. Like what's going to stop them from achieving the goal. So uh, anyway, so. The logline for Tenet says, armed only with one word, Tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, a protagonist, uppercase P, journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. So, like, loglines, I don't know, loglines are, are made to be mysterious and vague, but it's yeah. you, can't, you can't summarize a, a Nolan movie in one sentence. That's it has it. to be a short paragraph. <laughs> yeah. Sure, you know I'm, I, a theme. Yeah, the are fascinating to me. A theme in, in a, a lot of his movies is obsession. You know, mm-hmm. like people are sure. usually obsessed with something. Um, I haven't seen Memento of Following. Um, obviously, Following is I didn't even know Following existed till today. Following's a weird movie. Uh, you saw it? it? No, but I've, I've watched a lot of material these last couple weeks to make sure. 
uh, could at least hang. But it was about a guy, a people watcher, who became more and more obsessed and started breaking into people's houses to follow them, to watch them. So he just, he just, you know, it was, it was like a drug to him. He couldn't get enough. So his obsession became worse to the point that he was breaking in. And it was black and white. It cost $6,000 to make. <laughs> Hell yeah. So that was his first movie. Yeah, people but called it more also, of, a, of, a, of a, instead of like a, a director's movie, they felt they said it felt more like a college student movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was only like, I think it was only like. 69 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It was really short. But, you know, that might have been his first movie, <laughs> but. Oh. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it might have been his first movie, but if you look at his filmography, oh, there's a few things. <laughs> there's a few things he did before that. So he was—he's been working since '89. Shorts, writing, since directing. '89. Yeah. What did he make in '89? Something called I mean, the Tentarella. reason I'm reacting like that is because he was fucking 19. So, but yeah, but he—he he said in an interview, which I mentioned the London and Chicago thing, because if you listen to an interview, there's like. An American oh, and an English accent. Their their accents. I don't think Jonathan Nolan has an accent. That's I think he grew up more in Chicago. It's oh. weird. Okay, it's well, I was being weird. pedantic. Everybody's got an accent. Anyway, I mean, it doesn't have a British accent. Go okay. Ahead. So, but he accredits like the movies he worked on before becoming a director, as to why he is who he is as a director, right? Like mm-hmm. Ben Affleck did all of those movies before he became a director, and then he did Argo and won Best Picture. So like a lot of people yeah. do that. Harris, you know. Um. Anyway, he did uh, ten. Was it Tarantella, Larceny, Doodlebug, Following, and then Memento in that order. So yeah, he worked on stuff. Yeah, and there's probably stuff that's uncredited, but of course. Sure. Interesting. You know what I didn't know? Side note: I didn't know Prestige came out after Batman Begins. I don't know why I didn't know that. Shit, that cut out for me. You didn't what? I didn't know that Prestige came after Batman Begins. Oh wow! I didn't either. I, for some reason, I had I have no idea why. I thought it was much, much, much earlier than that. Like it came mm-hmm. much before that in his career. Uh, so that was. No, I think Prestige was like a project that he wanted to work on, and then started working with Christian Bale in Batman Begins, and went, "I have another thing that I need you to yeah. do." And, <laughs> and I and, made, and I know just from 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 hearing things, you know, all during the years about Nolan was that like when he negotiated Batman, he negotiated other films within it. So like I will, I'll do this if you give me this, and that's kind of how Inception came about, mm-hmm. which I yeah, thought was Inception the, after Dark Knight. Yeah, mm-hmm. which by that point I was all the way in on Nolan. Like I, mm-hmm. that was yeah. I think the Dark Knight, Batman Begins. Obviously, I saw it, but I didn't really like dive into who made it. Um, but the Dark Knight, obviously, you know, I you know I became yeah. a super big fan by that point. When did everybody become a big fan? When did Nolan go from uh, nothing to a household name? I think Batman Begins, honestly. It, yeah, the trilo- the Batman trilogy just kind of knocked it out of the park. I would say Dark Knight. But oh, Dark okay. Knight was just the, the, the apex of it. I think it's the combination of Prestige and Dark Knight. Yeah, and, for me, I was going to say, it's like, yeah. the Batman Begins was like, oh, this was, an, this was a good take on Batman that like felt yeah. grounded. And then I saw the Prestige and went, I need to pay attention to this guy for the rest yep. of my life. Like, yeah, but see, I don't think the average Joe was caring about the Prestige like that. I think no, the household no, name yeah, aspect right. was Batman Begins. Or or no. Dark Knight, but one of the two. It, it, but yeah, yeah. It, once, once Joker came into it, I think really, really fucked the game yeah. up. Do you I think, think Batman owes- is why everybody knows him. Yeah. I think the Prestige is why he is making the movies he's making now. Like I think the Prestige was the first time 
with a big cast full of stars mm-hmm. that he was able to like have freedom and do whatever the fuck he wanted. Yeah. And then the movie that resulted from that was what Memento set on... the pattern. Memento set his pattern for putting the answer sure. at the end and putting, uh, he, the, end, putting man, the end at the beginning. And this dude's got patterns, don't he? Uh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of jumping the shark a little bit, but I want to talk about the, the few notes I added before my daughter decided to have a fucking meltdown. Um, <laughs> Okay. Ben listed in the questions for us, what are, what are Nolan's trademarks? And I put two things. One, time travel, both literal and narrative. He almost doesn't have a movie that does not move around constantly. Yeah. Like, even yeah. the Batman movies are like, it's very maybe, <laughs> maybe Dark Knight not as much, but like Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises are both jumping between like people's origins and what happened in the past. Memento is <laughs> a fucking train wreck of that. Um, even, you know, the prestige moves back and forth and alters perspective a bunch. And then, of course, you've got Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk, and Tenet that are just, like, about time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally about, they're, like, one of the characters in the films. Um, and then the other thing that I think he is, it, I, didn't, I didn't realize this until I was talking about this on the community podcast I do with my buddy Kevin, is that, like, it's kind of clear he's obsessed with family. And, like parents and their the relationship with between parents and their kids and then between husbands and wives and then like say relationships it's all what? relational like like memento had a love interest prestige was about uh family uh mm-hmm. batman uh was a little bit about family but it was you know it was more like surrogate you know with alfred and then you know with mm-hmm. uh uh rachel um inception was about a wife and his that, kids. No, the whole his... movie's about him getting back to his kids. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. His wife was like haunting his dreams, you know. Uh, yeah. Dunkirk really wasn't. But uh, I mean, there's a really huge storyline. There's a huge storyline in Dunkirk that's about a, a dad and his son going and doing what's right, and his son learning yeah, yeah, yeah. along the that's... way what's right. And yeah. and Tenet is about the protagonist trying to help a woman save her son. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, large components anyway. Okay. Yeah. So it is capable of do the element. Fast and Furious movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's all dude, there's a lot there, dude. <laughs> so much family. So James Wan, <laughs> Christopher Nolan, about the same. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, I almost threw up in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I, I have a question. Uh, and maybe, Ryan, you're probably the freshest with the Batman series. Uh, across the whole. Tenet, uh, uh, Nolan verse. It's not a verse. Across the whole Nolan catalog, uh, can he do hand-to-hand combat? No. I know I'm not Sarge, but my my. No, it's, I just know Sarge. My thing is no. Yeah. No. Okay. Mm, mm. You don't watch these movies for hand-to-hand combat. If there's you do, a lot of it, but there's a lot of it all around. I mean, yeah, like Batman is very blocky and very. Well, yeah. How could Batman not have not hands, right? <laughs> Not but very is he, but is fluid. He, if you take yeah. all right, if you take uh, everything here, you know we have six hours, seven hours of Batman from Nolan, and you put that against yeah. the all the fight scenes from that, it won't even hold a, a candle to the fight scene in in uh, with uh, Batman in the uh, Batman vs Superman in the warehouse. Yeah, and that's not even, <laughs> and that's not yeah. even like groundbreaking choreography, fight choreography. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like they're still doing. It just feels. It just feels more like it's Batman. Just, uh, better. I don't know why this popped into my head, but the Amazing Spider-Man Two, 
with the lizard, the fighting lizard in the hallways. Bad movie, amazing choreography. You know, yeah. there's just there's a lot sure. of good movies. So, and then if you go back and watch Batman Begins, I think a lot of it holds up. I really like this movie. I like the theme. I like Batman and Ninjas. Yeah, I'm sold. Right? Like, come on. Yo, I've never um, liked yeah. Batman Begins, bro. I know. Actually, you have, and then you haven't, and then you haven't again, or something. Yeah, like, it's, it's, like, a it's, just a, it's a back and <laughs> forth, man. It's it's yeah. just not. I don't. It's a decent origin story that's not kind of over the top. There's really like, nothing he, over the top about it. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty grounded. But that's that's how he wanted to do his Batman: bank robberies, poison gas, like very tangible stuff, bombs in a stadium. But anyway, if you go back and watch Begins, for whatever elements you might think holds up, the combat is not one of them. Yeah, no. It, the, the camera's very like zoomed in and lots of fast cuts and a lot of just blurring, and you just can't yeah. see what's going on. It's interesting because in Dark Knight Rises, I do think you see like an evolution of his filming fight scenes in that like Bane fights well. It, it, yeah, Bane and Batman square off. It got better because it gets the, better. Yeah. The it gets Bane better. and Batman fight when he breaks his back was decent. And the yeah. end but you, in front but you of the can courthouse. Still see the, you can still see the like charge up for like a, attacks. Like you can see like it's like real blocky movement sometimes. But yeah. like from both of the them, bane fight, like, the bane fight on the Capitol steps, real good. Yeah. I love that fight. Especially when Bane starts I, getting mad and drops into boxing. Like that may be get, Tom Hardy though. That may be yeah, Tom yeah. Hardy. I just think yeah. he's you know not, what I mean? He's not good at fight scenes, but he like he can make it good with the dialogue that he puts into it. One thing yeah. that stands out in that Batman scene, Batman and Bane uh, sewer scene, is the the dialogue they're having in between it, which is kind of mm-hmm. rare that you can get really strong dialogue in the middle of a fight. But he kind of pulled that off, and I think that's what makes the scenes better. Yeah, very comic book. Fight like a younger man. <laughs> so good. Theatricality uh, and deception is powerful agents against the uninitiated. But we are the initiated, aren't we, Bruce? Bruce. That's so good. Uh, that's so good. So good. Um, it's interesting that we bring up fighting because I think that like the Batman movies, they're not all of what it, all of his work. They're definitely a huge part of his work, but like he doesn't really do it outside of Batman. And it is, for it's what it's worth, Tenet. for what it's worth, the the couple fight scenes in Tenet are Ooh. very good. Yeah, especially when he's walking through the fucking back of the house of that restaurant, yeah, and beating the hell out of people. The restaurant and, ri- and rips and then, a cheese grater across a man's face. Yeah. Then said something. And then, Ben said something about Inception was pretty good. Some of the fighting in Inception was really solid. I think, by and large, Inception was... It's, I mean, it's, it's almost... I don't know. It's a great movie. Uh, I'm not going to call it perfect, but there's not much wrong with it. But I think the, the gun reason, works pretty good, though. The, like reason, catching, the catching the bullets, like, as they're walking through in the, oh, in yeah, the beginning portion. Them, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the way Inception gets around his fighting problem is they put the entire stage on a rotisserie. Yeah. and made them fight yeah. a literal it rotating hall. Absolutely yeah, it seems insane. Incredible. And Tenet uh, gets around uh, a natural fight scene, which some of us super dorks want, by making him fight himself in reverse, so it's not going to look natural. But that's uh, again, another extreme feat oh, of filmmaking I will never understand. Nope, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't because it doesn't make because it. it doesn't make sense. None of it makes yeah. sense. No, but like it doesn't make sense in terms of logic. But it also like this was filmed on Earth <laughs> with real people, <laughs> yeah. and like how the fuck are things moving backwards? And how did you make that work? And See, like, I still feel that I feel like mm. the backwards was a little bit um, not good. Like the backwards <laughs> fighting. Like I think we're just like okay, it's backwards fighting, so you're excited about it. But I still feel like as I watched it the first time in theaters, 
that I didn't really appreciate it. Like I didn't think it was that sure. great looking. We, we, I watched the if you watched the featurette or something. I've, I've been looking, but I don't have the DVD or Blu-ray, so I can't like watch behind the scenes. But I was I was searching for like a how we did it. Oh, I, I that Warner do have. Brothers put a thing up. I and do like, have it, but they dance backwards. Like he actually like he had to do it backwards. So like the fight scene you see where he's going forward in time, fighting his reversed self. That most of that's him moving backwards. Yeah, it's the like choreography between two people. It's it's amazing. But so like me, the, the backwards the backwards fighting that's the person he's fighting is actually moving forward and they play it in reverse. Mm-hmm. Because you're seeing him moving backwards and then they do it. It's weird. So like the backward stuff looking awkward, I get that. That makes sense. But it's the backward stuff that we see is actually the stuff they did forward. We're reaching an uncanny valley. No, I don't think like, they. I don't think they did that, Caleb. I don't think what you're saying is true. I think, like from what I saw, like, like they actually filmed it all in once, and that guy was acting like he was going backwards. Like it was more of a of a complicated choreography than it was technical oh, wow. reversal. I don't know. There looked like some pretty physics defying stuff. Well, they had that strings on them and stuff, and they were pulling them. Like I have the the, okay. the, the bonus okay. features. That's something that we have to. I'll have to check offline. I mean, I'll concede. I don't sure. know anything about it, but um, uh, shit. Yeah. Anyway, I thought oh, what <laughs> I want to say is Uncanny the only Valley. Who had a, a forgetful moment? So go ahead. I think uh, Uncanny Valley. Like, uh, so there's things that are unnatural in movies, and. The Hulk, when he's eight feet tall and 1,200 pounds, is only going to look so real. It doesn't matter if it's photorealistic, Unreal Engine 5, sweat dripping down his face. It's only going to look so real. Some part of our brain is going to go, that's not real because it's not. Because his pants never rip. That's true, right? (laughs) But like, like there's just, then there's like a dragon. It's only going to look so real because our brain's going to go, that's not real. So I'm wondering how real movie cinema can actually look before our brain goes, that looks stupid because it is not real. You know, like, because your brain won't let it look real. But as a moviegoer, we enter our, our minds into a fantasy mode mm-hmm. and we allow ourselves to believe it's real. Otherwise, we watch a scary movie, we, we would come home and feel absolutely nothing, but we actually feel fear because we allow ourselves <laughs> we to leave, feel fear. We leave the lights on. We leave, and we put Disney on <laughs> while we go to sleep <laughs> Hell yeah. because we actually do convince ourselves <laughs> that it is possibly real. So I think it's something that we have right, so much control but- over. To a degree, but when you watch the end of what's the Jake Gyllenhaal movie when the Earth freezes over, and yeah, they the release those like those like PS2 wolves at that one fighting scene where they look. Well, that's like, because it looks bad, Ben. Yeah, so like we're we're not in such a fantasy world that we can forgive everything. I cried when uh, Captain America grabbed his hammer. Uh, you know, grabbed uh, Milnor. My mind <laughs> still like, of course, we know it's not real, but it, it's still like we have an emotional attachment to it. We can feel it, and we can. I think we can allow ourselves the fantasy of it. That's. I just think that yeah. we, we are smart enough to, like, not just oh, Captain America, like grab Milnor, get out of here. Like, come on, what we're we talking about here. But right? I'm wondering where the line is in visual effects, to when you said the fighting didn't look great in reverse, and other people said it, it does, and then some people say the dragons in in uh, Game of Thrones looked absolutely real, and somebody didn't. Like, it's different maybe for everybody. Where's the line between something looking fake and not? Like, you didn't like the I'm... backwards fighting. No, I mean, so I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I just, you know, to me, it looked a little bit choppy. Like, mm. but that's what I'm saying. It's not it, real. But see, no, so it's how it's never going to look real no, because it, it's unreal. It would. I feel like a different director would have done. Like Snyder would have ah. done actual technical effects, and Nolan does not like to do effects. He likes to keep mm. it fucking real as fuck. 
So like mm. like I brought it back okay. to Nolan. So I think that's the reason why like he's very practical, which is dope. But like a Snyder would have definitely been like get the, get the, get the the computer guys in here and let's have one going in actual reverse. You know what I'm saying? Like he would have right. green screen that shit and somehow and Nolan's not doing that. He's keeping it straight up practical, except gotcha. like Interstellar or even Inception. But like he he will tell you that he tries to go with practical as much as possible, which is respectable. Yeah. Yeah, especially when people like sure. to be assholes about green screen movies or whatever. You know. Yeah. Um I need to see this behind the scenes stuff for this scene because there's just stuff in here that can't be practical. Oh, I yeah. don't know. I mean, no, they're obviously not. You can't have fire burn backwards. So there's obviously a lot of compositing. No, that's not the, I don't I mean the choreography specifically. Okay. Yeah. A lot of that movie is compositing. So not it's not just right. people acting in reverse. Yeah. Right. Um, do do whose movies require multiple viewings? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. If you don't, you I don't, don't get think it. They, I don't think they all require them to be enjoyed, but I think that you definitely. He's one of those directors that if you watch it a second time or third time, you'll get more from it. Yeah. Right? I would say Inception, Interstellar, and Tenet. You would not understand a movie just one viewing. Mm-mm, probably not. No, probably not. Well, no. Interstellar is a little more on the nose. Like it, del- it, del- it delivers. It has an ending. You know what I mean? Like it. It's yeah. like he comes yeah. back. His his daughter's eighty years old. There's a space station based out of the. You know. The, you know. Like it's got a. It's got a conclusion as to where Inception it hits a pop up through someone's window on the top side. Inception leaves you with a spinning top, and your conclusion. Listen, is your the own. moment you find out in Inception that the beat in the in the scene where in they're in the water planet is years in space, you're going to have to want to watch it again. Yeah, dude. That's one of the... Okay, so obviously, whether you've seen the movie or not, Ryan, you've probably seen at least a gif of Matthew McConaughey, like, because they, they, they memified it, where he's watched, he's falling, he's like crying in a chair because he's receiving 20 years of messages from his daughter. Uh, in Probably. Like every, yeah, every year. It's been like fucking makes, 10 minutes for him. Oh God, it's incredible. Uh, but just before that, so t- space is temporal, right? They're really close to this black hole. So, like, the closer they get to the black hole, the more time gets fucked up. They go on this water planet, get stuck, take back off. It takes, what, seven minutes? But because of whatever happened, because it took, it's like, five minutes longer of, than it should yeah, or something, when they get back to the ship, the guy they just left seven minutes ago has gray hair, and he says something like, I thought you were dead. Years. It's so emotional, dude. And he's so yeah. dead and tired and maybe losing his mind a little bit but it's so incredible i think it's almost as incredible as matthew mcconaughey's like breakdown scene like see like you, those concepts you don't know it's been 20 years but when he opens the doors it's 20 years my mind it's dude, just like i dude, those concepts warrant the second viewing right yeah and like yeah, and yeah, those yeah, little yeah, things sure. those very little things that he does like he did that in, in um i believe the dark knight where like the timer is actually the time i love when directors do shit like that where like yeah. time is actually passing um like completely accurate to to what we're seeing in the film. You want to know something funny, Tech? Yes, sir. Almost every movie I watch, when someone goes underwater and holds their breath, I do it too. And you when it's been two, and when it's been two minutes and they're fucking swimming like crazy and doing shit, I'm like, no, 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 no. This ain't real. <laughs> this ain't real at all. Um, well, Kim and I were just watching Army of the Dead, and that last seven minutes they had before the nuke shows up, and they were, hadn't even rescued the daughter yet. Yeah, it took that, it, it, that seven minutes. Took twenty minutes. They did all kinds of shit in that seven minutes. I was tripping off that the first yeah. time I saw that movie. Yeah, 
He was doing um, all kinds did, of shit. Did you know, you know the uh, emotionally impacted me in Inception even more than dude being on a ship alone for 25 years or McConaughey watching his daughter grow up is when they show up on that planet and Matt Damon reacts to seeing people for the first time. Oh, and, like, and his name God. was his name was man. And his name's man and evil is yeah. yeah. But when he reacts to seeing people and just fucking shatters and yeah. hugs people, ooh, so ooh, good. It's so fucking good, dude. He was bastard crazy. That was a really um, that was a really fun role because at the time no one knew Matt Damon was going to be in the movie. They didn't yeah. credit him at all. So I mean, of course, I think I saw it opening That's his weekend. New thing. Because he yeah. popped up in Ragnarok and nobody knew that shit was going to happen either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, that, that was pretty fun. Yeah, I think um, the prestige is only reveal was the end. Um, Ryan, in, in synopsis, these two magicians are battling for the greatest the greatest trick ever. And uh, oh, you, find, you find out. Yeah, don't ruin it. I think it's one that he should see. Ryan yeah, needs yeah, to watch. Yeah. Ryan needs to watch. But you know, movie. here's the problem. I have, here's my I, problem. Have to, I have to watch everything that's on this list because I mean, I, I honestly, I, I mean, I've seen the Dark Knight movies and Inception, but like the rest of the stuff, I just it never appealed to me. I think you like, would like Interstellar. Off the cuff. I think you would like Interstellar. Now yeah, that you're a right. parent, you would absolutely love Interstellar. Yeah. I'm also not like, like I'm, I'm also not a huge movie guy, honestly. Like I watch uh-huh. the Marvel shit just because it it appeals to me. But like, if it's not something in that wheelhouse of like superheroes or like funny shit, like I'm just like not. You know, I, I need think... I need to be I need to be more fucking open. So can I just tell him the end of Prestige then? No, no! you know okay. you're probably the asshole. No offense, who told me the ending of Prestige, which I already like kind of kind of ruined it when I did watch it. So like, it's one of those. It's not it's one one of those movies that people like don't mind ruining, but they probably should because it's actually a really good movie. Mm-hmm. He also ruined Mandalorian for me. Said Boba Fett was going to be in it, and I fucking really? read that before I saw it. I was like, "Motherfucker!" Well, okay, it wasn't. It was technology's fault because I was talking in the spoiler channel, and Homeboy had spoiler notifications on, so he was just getting had... live spoiler chat sent to but his you, phone. But you didn't put the spoiler bars on it, you asshole. Well, you know, maybe you shouldn't subscribe <laughs> to the spoiler channel. <laughs> also, like a movie in two thousand six is kind of like fair play. Like you can't like it's yeah. like. How does the Bible oh, end? Like, yeah. like how something like <laughs> Yeah, you kinda have yeah, to Yeah the MacGuffin in, in Prestige is absolutely incredible. It's uh like it's like we said earlier, I think the that and Dark Knight is is what put him on the map. All right. For different people. I think we types of moviegoers. I think we've gone enough about talking about the good in Nolan. Let's talk about the bad uh, in Nolan. Hmm. Now me and me and uh, Ben have a friend who swears that Christopher Nolan hates women. <laughs> we've argued There's, this yeah and some points sometimes i can see his point the unnamed the, friend the, the the woman is the villain in at least seven of these <laughs> like seven carrie ann moss is the antagonist of memento uh um not seven but uh talia al ghul is the villain in dark knight rises he's also the same actress who was the villain in inception yeah, yeah it's his girlfriend haunts him in his dreams in inception fuck shit uh, up the woman uh sends us to go after uh it convinces the entire crew to go after dr man because she's in love with them mm-hmm. curtails the whole mission because doc well of course dr man is the one that actually turns on everybody yeah, she's not the bad guy but it was no. but it was I mean, but she like she up, did though. enough of a shitty job to make us be like damn you you know what i mean to make us distrust her to make her think less of her or something like that he killed the love uh, interest in batman 
That's right. Killed the shit out of her in Batman, you know, in Dark Knight. And then, uh, in, in, I mean, this isn't a big flaw of Tenet or anything, but the, there's it that, uh, I hate to misidentify the woman. She, I think she was Indian. The Indian woman that he confided yeah. in turned on her, him as well. Um, you, but like, you, there was a long spree between like Talia. I thought she did. Yeah, she did turn on him, but she like yeah. he turned it back. He flipped it back on her. Yeah. It was the whole thing. But it's a power play. Does he have a strong female lead in any of these movies? <laughs> That's true. Because Catwoman ends up being Bruce Wayne's girlfriend, <laughs> like in the south of France or some shit. So does he? Does, yeah. Is there is there a strong female lead problem with with Nolan? Does he hate I mean, women? Uh, I don't think he hates women. Elliot Page. (laughs) I think that's fucking absurd. I don't know if we should mention Elliot Page, but, you know, he was Ellen Page when Interstellar was, or Inception was was filmed. And and I guess I should say he was fantastic when they made that movie. So, uh, pretty good supporting. Wildly underflushed character, though. I think Ariadne's great, but I also think that, yeah, Ariadne doesn't get... Ariadne's kind of left out of everything. But okay, everyone, every, everyone's left out of everything in that here's movie. A, here's a flaw. He is extremely linear uh, in that it's not linear, but like uh, marching, marching. It's just go, 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 right? Yeah, Which sure. is fine, but it leaves characters underwritten. I think Tali was underwritten, and thus I think Bane was a little underwritten because Bane was about flipping society, and then that was stolen from him when you find out Talia was in charge and it's just about blowing up a bomb. Yeah. So it, like, but society rising up against the rich, the whole 99% argument of dark Knight rises is gone now. Yeah. It's it like completely it's, void because he falls just flat. Yeah. Like a, a, such a great motivation for a villain mm-hmm. or for like a whole city of the poor uprising and trying to fight the, the, the eat the rich. Um, and then it's just, Oh, he just has a grudge. Just, yeah. I mean, she has a grudge and he's her flunky. Yeah. Kind of a waste I think of plot. I never took. I never took Dark Knight Rises as the poor rising up against the. That's rich. literally what they they talked about the entire yeah, movie. All, yeah, it's all Bane was doing. Uh, yeah. Hold on, I know that that's what Bane's doing, but we don't actually see the people of Gotham fighting the rich. Really, like you see some people like robbing ran- rich people. They were ransacking their mansions. Sure, that's a very small moment in that movie. The rest of it is about all of the freed prisoners taking on the criminal justice system there's a huge fucking conflict between people in orange jump shoots jumpsuits holding bats and That's sticks and canes um, trying to beat the shit out of the cops like that the climax of that movie is about a, the freed prison and the police. That's a, citizen up, that's a citizen uprising that then again that whole plot gets squashed by a bomb you know yeah, well, a storm yeah. is coming is yeah. literally the foreshadowing right. of the, the poor people are going to turn over to the are going to fuck over the richy people i'd clarify those prisoners were probably the poor and the cops were upholding the system, and his whole yeah, goal, goal sure. was to up, up uh, like up in the system. And then what up, guys up, are talking up. about flaws. All I'm saying is I don't think he adequately illustrated a conflict between the poor and the rich. It I felt f- more like a conflict between f- prisoners and cops. No, to I, me. no, no. Yeah, I feel I, like he I was did. heading in one direction, and it, regardless of which direction you think point. that was, we feel That's, like it was classism, and you don't. But still. I didn't say. It wasn't classism because I do think that like you could make the prison, the argument that the prisoners are the lower class fighting against the rich, but they don't fight against like, I don't think he does a good job of illustrating that point because they they don't go and fight against the rich. They go and fight against the cops. 
which is an authority if an authoritarian system. There's there's a lot of symbolism. I'm, agree, I'm trying to agree with y'all that he does do a good yeah. job of illustrating it. <laughs> yeah, there's still a lot more symbolism in there than that you're forgetting because he, he I think does so too. Set, he does he does a bit of teeing. He does set it up quite a bit. And No, I, I, I mean I the setup I think is great. I'm not missing. I'm not like Bane going into the into the stock market and being yeah. taking it over and the guy being like there's no money here and he's like then why are you people here? Like like that I get all of that shit. I think it takes a weird turn in the climax and isn't really indicative of what the rest of the film's building up to. Where the prison industrial complex preys on the poor, hence your battle. And I think that's kind of sure. a part of what he was grant like saying all the way through. Except sure. it fell flat because the plot wasn't even about that. It was just about blowing up Black Gotham, which was kind of yeah. a dud of a story. It felt like a it, that the bomb thing felt like what Liam Neeson didn't get to finish, and perhaps that that felt good to me because he's Liam Neeson's daughter. Yeah, yeah, it's League of Shadows shit. Um, oh, yeah, and there's yeah. some underwritten characters in Inception as well. It's mostly a, it's mostly a. Uh, fucking Robin was trash. Joseph Gordon Levitt, no, in uh, and uh, Dark Knight Rises, like his character oh. was actually not what's up. Being called Robin is really dumb. Yeah, if he really hadn't dumb. been called Robin, would people have cared as much about? Like, would you yeah, think that he was a dumb all the character setup, if he hadn't been called Robin? I don't know. I was into the setup, but then being called Robin is pretty dumb. That's pretty ham-fisted. <laughs> but like, yeah, actually having a name. Yeah, I like your I like your real name. My name's Robin. Robin, Robin like, sidekick. Oh. That was kind of dumb to me. <laughs> <laughs> But like the big, um, but like the fucking setup was garbage, dude. Like, why would you do this, and then have him go into the fucking cave system and everything, and then like, I ain't gonna make another movie. Like, fucking <laughs> someone's because someone's yeah. got to carry on Batman's work. I like he the changed setup. the city permanently. I like the setup. I was I liked him rappelling into the cave and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Um, is the Two Face character tacked on, and is it even necessary? It was not so, necessary. I think it's necessary. So cool. here's the the biggest Fight. argument I have about Nolan movies is that in a lot of cases I think they're all a little bit too long. But I also stand by the belief that if I go back through the movie and try to find the part I would take out, I cannot find it. I think Dark Knight Dark Knight is runs he trying a to do long. some five act shit. Is that why? Maybe I think Dark Knight runs a little long, but that end scene with Harvey Dent is incredible. So I could not remove it. And it's a really big inflection point for like Batman and where the next movie picks up and like Batman's journey up until this point, well, trying Batman's, to be the good guy the whole time. It's Batman's and, sacrifice of his image. Right. But I don't right. understand the motivation of Batman to, if he's so thoroughly motivated to, to fight crime and do all this, that he would sacrifice that for Harvey Dent. Like, I didn't feel like that connection was strong I enough. Felt, I think he felt I, Harvey Dent was doing more, a better job than he was. I get that. Yeah, I also don't think he sacrificed it so much for Harvey Dent as much as he did for what Harvey Dent did. Like Harvey Dent put away a lot of really bad people using legal, you know, procedures, and to find out later that like he was not perfect and all of his work being overturned makes Gotham a far worse place. So like the decision that he makes at the end of that movie is not. I think yeah, but, a completely altruistic decision because, like, it's, if a public official gets a, gets uh, does a crime, 
It doesn't mean that everyone he locked up gets let free. That's not how justice system well, works. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm also, I'm also <laughs> so, misrepresenting like the end of that movie specifically. But there is that is the point that's being made. I hear is you. That, like, if everybody discovers who he was, they'll lose hope. And Batman's like, that can't happen. But he's the hope. Batman's the hope. I, I, I guess. I hear you. But he, I still Batman's feel kinda, like... Batman's kind of not hope. <sighs> to the older people he was. You know, like, to the older, like, to the co- older cop. Like, he was all about Batman. You know what I'm saying? Like... I yeah. I'm not sure if I just didn't feel that connection. Like he like he like I don't feel like he loved him. Like he loved what Harvey represented that much that he would throw away being Batman, which he which he did. He 100 percent did. Also, uh, also saying that he <laughs> he stuck out more to the older cop kind of sounds shitty too, because the older cop is basically like, I really wish we could just beat the shit out of people too, like we used to. <laughs> Right. Instead of, that's my, that's instead, of, about, instead of like yeah. the and like the new guy, like the younger guys are like, he's a really bad guy. We should do things the right way. And like trying yeah, to catch trying to capture Batman. He's like, don't do that. Like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of Yeah, that was my takeaway. Is that like Batman is the embodiment of police brutality? Like, he's not hope. <laughs> yeah. He's he's the dark knight, he's a devil that flies around the city looking like a demon. Like yeah, and he see. beats the shit out of people. I'll ever and see so that like, meme about his face being open so you can so you can see his white privilege. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or go I down hope. on Catwoman. Um, oh god! Yeah. Oh hey! I hope the I hope <laughs> the Batman shows um, that. I hope because we've been talking about the it's kind of in the zeitgeist in the last ten years, twenty years that Batman's kind of a prick and he breaks people's backs and throws them off in an alley and goes, "Don't uh, don't be a bad guy." And then walks away, and he's like, <laughs> "I can't feel my legs." So, like, what? Like, can we have the new Batman be like the Broken villain? The villain. I think yeah. Nolan. He. I think Nolan single-handedly. I think so, Nolan. So before sing- before we move into the next part, because I didn't get to answer my thing about Two Face, but oh. I want I yeah. want to say about that the 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 thing about Two Face in that movie, he made Joker better. Like a better antagonist inside inside that movie because it gave a huge pawn that Joker was able to manipulate with that just made him so much like a a, a badder character. Like yeah. Joker was on fucking point without that. So to have him take Two Face and throw and throw him into the fucking fire and do all that stuff with was incredible. And the other thing. That's like the only uh, Two Face is the only other character that doesn't have like supernatural abilities, and that's what Nolan was definitely not about was the supernatural yeah. shit. That's why he didn't want to do you know Mister Freeze or Poison uh, Ivy or fucking Bane with fucking ooze in his back. Yeah. Like he yeah. wanted to do everything all natural, and that's one reason why he stopped making movies because he didn't believe in the unnatural stuff. So yeah, no other. Batman name villain. one name yeah. one more what the penguin we gonna put him in there no, like, no. but christopher nobody Nolan wants made him. an incredible batman heist movie with the riddler in it he could have yes yeah that the riddler would have been, been the only incredible. other one yeah and i wish so, scarecrow was a main villain in the way that main villains are main villains he yeah. just kind of sits around for a movie gets locked up at the beginning of the second movie and then is like the crown king of the anarchist society in the third movie but like his role diminishes, and I think Killian Murphy deserved better. You know, Killian Murphy actually auditioned for Batman first. Oh wow, that's to Christopher Nolan. Yeah, that's strange. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, he's built like Robert Pattinson, so yeah. 
Tech, you remember mm. what you were going to say? No, I lost it completely. Oh. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I don't no, talk like much. Like Christopher Nolan movies, our memory is foggy. This whole podcast. Yeah. Very, yeah. Lots of no short term memory. Um, like Memento. Yeah. He had this really cool quote since I'll fill the dead air. Uh, he says, I thought this was really cool for people, for creatives. He says, I think it's really important sticking to your guns, doing something you passionately believe in rather than trying to appeal to some desire that you imagine other people have for what they want to see in a film. Uh, that you have to be true to your passion and your own sense of what excites you as a storyteller. So, yeah. and, and so much about the Marvel movies and, and a lot of movies are about just giving like fan service or, you know, giving people what they want. Um, sure. Fast and Furious and all that stuff. And I kind of remember, <laughs> I remember my point now, I was going to say um, Nolan kind of single-handedly changed the trajectory of a lot of superhero movies. Not so much MCU because MCU kind of stuck to their guns, but the whole DC basically based like they're they're uh, they're dark, kind of realistic, almost not super realistic, but like, uh, like uh, what would the normal world Superman be like, right? Like, yeah. I think they kind of took those pay that page from Nolan, um, Nolan's yeah. tri- Batman trilogy, um, and I don't I don't think we would have had the DCEU as we have it now if it wasn't for that, and definitely when it got the Joker movie, the Joker movie is literally mm-hmm. a baby of 100%. Nolan. Yeah. I think the I think you you could say easily the whole DCEU is a baby of Nolan because he's been executive producing everything. Mm-hmm. Like he wrote Man of Steel, and then produced it, and then was the executive producer for Batman vs Superman and Justice League and Snyder's cut of Justice League. So like Nolan's been deeply invested in these characters in this universe like since Batman. So yeah, yeah, you're I think you're absolutely right. DC, the DCEU is Nolan's thing uh in a way not 100 yeah. percent, but in a way for sure yeah. for sure for sure <clears throat> for sure for sure how awful is batman's voice though well it's you know bad. one of the big it's complaints one of the big complaints about nolan is that the way he mixes audio not him yeah. particularly but in his yeah. uh, his movies they're hard to hear characters um i felt like bane was unlistenable at first like i don't know if you guys remember but um, yeah. they have to w- go back and change his voice because mm-hmm. they they screen tested it and no one was like everyone was like we didn't hear a word he said. Um, yeah. I th- I think Dunkirk was probably his best audio uh, movie. Uh, but I definitely can. Yeah. What? Yeah. I definitely I think can. An Oscar for audio. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Which I've only seen it once in theaters. I need to watch it again for sure. Um, but yeah, Dark Batman was plagued with bad audio and bad like. Uh, vocal performances. I, I think uh, I learned about it. I mean, I've known about it for a while. I, I actually remember the first ba- a trailer with Bane in it. And I, I was too. Like, what? <laughs> and then he went in and did a bunch of post-process effects and stuff like that. Uh, and then so somebody said it again about Tenet. And so I was watching it the whole time. Unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever, we watched with subtitles uh, mm-hmm. in the house. Um, you have a hearing impaired person in the house. So we kind of have to. Yeah. So I even get subtitles for things you're not even supposed to hear, like a character in the background at a diner. You're like, like that's background noise. Don't subtitle that, stupid. So like, uh, but so there's scenes in Tenet where it's supposed to be hard to understand them. They're like in a generator room, or like there's a lot of noise. And there's even one where you, the dialogue like actually falls off, like they drop yeah. the volume on it. I and feel like so. I think that's one of his things is to 
is to make you feel like you're in the scene. Like they're supposed to be hard to hear. Like if you ever been in a, I've never been in a helicopter, but they're loud as fuck. If you can hear somebody clearly speak in a helicopter in a movie, <laughs> that's cue, not what Nolan would do. Then don't have the scene in that room. Do what? It's a cue up any rock. Have... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, 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 but that doesn't make any sense. Like you're, we're watching a movie for a plot. Like we don't need to not be able to hear the people. Like I'm not. Well, unless I'm that's not... part of the plot, right? You can make it. You can make it part of the plot that they're talking in a place that's hard to hear, and right. therefore it should be hard for you to hear it too. No, I'm a. I'm just a listener there. You can have it in a generator room, but those two can probably hear each other. So why make it to where I can't hear them? I mean, it's just, I, for some reason, I'm just watching scene... a movie. For some like. reason, that scene in Tenet really fucking worked for me mm-hmm. because nothing, none of the information that they share in that scene was important. And so the sounds taking over and the score rising felt more like things are moving, things are moving, this is going to happen. And like, I don't know, both times, all three times I've watched Tenet, like I keep in the reason to dislike not being able to hear people several times. And every time it happens, and I'm kind of like, eh, what? I'm like, yeah, no, that works, though. I think the reason it works is because he has so much exposition that you can throw some away. <laughs> yeah. For sure. sure. Especially, especially Tenet. Especially yeah, well, yeah, Tenet. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's for just sure. talking at you the whole time. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, he's, he's a little exposition heavy to, in, to, to my, in my book. Oh, wow, yeah. They kinda, except for Dunkirk. Dunkirk's a very quiet movie. It is. But every other, like, Inception is front-loaded. Like, the first 40 minutes of Inception is like, here's the pitch. And then and then it's a roller coaster, the last, you know, whatever. But Inception, Inception is extremely front-heavy. Uh, yeah, then, it's also, I think he has that problem with his heist-style movies. I, th- I think mm-hmm. that the, the specific scenes where it's like, there's a lot of talking that went before this, is the heisty part of Tenet. And, like, Inception is a heist movie, and I would challenge y'all to go watch like Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen, the first half of all three of those movies. And Soderbergh's great at writing and directing heist movies. The first half of all three of those movies is just here's how we're gonna do it, and we got to do this, and we got to do this. It's just constant telling you what's gonna happen, and then that lets the last half just show you. Which I would argue the last half of Inception, they don't really talk about shit. Things just happen the whole time, and it's a spectacle. So, you know. Maybe that's just how heist movies work. But don't you feel like in, uh, Interstellar had a lot of fucking exposition? Too? I accepted that because it's w- it was way above my head in terms of scientific reality. Like, there's a whole well, issue like- of Wired magazine where they took scientists and physicists and quantum physicists and astrologists and astronomers and, like, had them look at that movie. And, like, there's, like, 12 thesis statements throughout that issue of Wired. And it's basically all of these people who are professionals in this field being like, yeah, that's how that would work. As far as we can measure and as far as we can tell, that's as close to accurate as you're going to get. And so like after reading that and watching that movie again, when they're like, this is how this works. I'm like, cool. (laughs) Fuck. No one else would know this. But still, I hear you. You're, You're talking about the technical aspects of what they're talking about. That's fine. I'm talking about more of like the actual story and the buildup and the blight they 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 portrayed, I felt like it just went on for a bit too long, and I did not. I I felt like like his running into the facility was chance, and it shouldn't have been. 
right? Like, I thought that was a weird plot hole. Well, he runs into the facility because he gets the coordinates that he dropped for himself in Morse code that Murph gives to him. Okay. That's why he goes there. It's been a while since I've seen it, so forgive me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. I watched, a, like, a 30-minute thing about his editing in that movie, like, last week. So I remember that a little more clearly just because of that. Yeah, almost everything he does in that movie is because he told himself to do it, or told Murph to tell him to do it. That's an, that's an easy is... easy riding out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's time travel, dude. <laughs> you can't watch a time travel movie and be like, boy, they didn't solve all their problems by saying, I told my past self to do this. Speaking of time travel, I don't like how, if everything's fate, like, I'm just, I'm not going to go into details, but I'm watching a, a Disney Plus series. Uh, every, if everything's already written, then how is this not already written and they already know what's going to happen? I always find that being uh, weird to me. That's one cool thing yeah. I liked about Tenet. She carried that phone around with her or something like that. A recorder. Mm-hmm. A recorder. Says, if you want me to know about it, record it. So, so that it's in like history. So like he's in the future waiting to read what she's putting into the present. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, I, I, I specifically think I like time travel for those reasons. That, really? Well, which, that would, like, then that would just prove that, that it is fate, right? Or no. How would it disprove? I mean, what's yeah, the what? whole point of changing it if it's this, if it's going to be the way it is regardless? Depends I don't if it's think on the it's... Timeline or not. Yeah, and I don't know if it's changing it so much as he's saying... Like, he's he does that when he's not inverted, right? He says, do this. So that, like, later, when he goes inverted, she will have done it. He doesn't invert and go do this so that I can discover it in the regular timeline. He tells her to do it now so that later when he goes back, it can be for sure it happened, which isn't traveling back in time and changing the future. It's just saying something today so you make sure it happens tomorrow so that when you come back to tomorrow, three years from now, that's happened. You know, there's a Rick and Morty episode in which Rick uh, is talking about Inception and how much no one, it doesn't make sense to everyone and everyone just acts like it makes sense. And I do kind of feel that way about um, Tenet. Like, it doesn't make sense, but everyone acts like it's amazing, a great I'm pretty sure uh, Grandpa Rick was making fun of people for calling it deep, I think, didn't he? Well, yeah, was like just, yeah was, he was saying like, it's not deep, it just doesn't make sense. But, like, <laughs> the, the going inverted in time, I have so many questions about that. I have so many questions about how does something, how do you invert something? Do you, when you go back in time, do you have to live your life? Like, how do you go back to the future? Like, are you going to the future or you just like, well, you can't go to the future in the tenants universe. Yeah. And we don't really know what happens when you interact with yourself, but it is said several times. Do not make yeah. eye contact, like interact with yourself. So, don't come into physical contact with yourself. Because, all right. So shorty, but he doesn't touch his skin. There's no skin to skin contact because they're both in full sleeves. They literally say, don't make physical contact with your skin because your cells will fucking implode. Okay, so help me understand, guys. All right, so you go backwards in time, right? And mm-hmm. you, you get on the other side, and you're moving backwards. Mm-hmm. So then you go back through it, and you're moving forward, but you're still a week ago. It's, it's, it's uh, the timeline's going this way. The second you go through that carousel, you're consistently going that way. The longer you stay out, you're, you're going to be going backwards, backwards, backwards. So if you never turn around, you're, just, you're in a straight line backward. You're going backwards to time. And also, yeah. then how, how do you yeah. get back forward? Because Shorty killed her husband, right? And she mm-hmm. saw her herself jump off the thing. Yeah. 
How yeah. does he get back to the present? How does he get back to her fucking kid? That's a good question. I don't know. So the, re- the, the process of uninverting yourself drops you back into present time. You can go forward it's in time. Just, mm. No, it drops you into present time. So like if you go backwards and then you come out. How do you come going out? Going forward. In the movie. Then you are existing at the same time as another version of yourself going forward. So you're creating multiple copies of yourself. Because yeah, that's why. Went back a week that's why so Robert heal. Pattinson. That's why Robert Pattinson dies in that last scene and is also standing there, because he went back and was inverted and then re-forwarded himself in the middle of it to try and help them out. Yeah, man. Like that reveal nothing- makes sense. So now he's he's exists in the past now, right? Like he went back through time and he hopped out, went back forward, and now he's helping everybody, right? But he's in the pres- He's in the past considered to his normal timeline. Well, how does Shorty go from back, back, you know, like she goes back to kill her husband on the boat and then how does she get back to her son in the future? I don't remember. Well, time just, so when, so she exists, basically, there's two of her now, maybe there's two of her until she re- inverts herself to go back. Yeah, so yeah. 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 So without, and you're never, you're never around so when, her throughout the entire, the, the, the movie, when you see, when she talks about seeing the woman jump off the boat, right? That woman is never seen again. She keeps her distance from the events of those things because that's her from the future. Who's gone back and done a thing and then knows to stay away from her. But also she wouldn't interact with herself because immediately after those events, the events of the movie take place. I get that. But where does she go? Like she just exists in the world now. Yeah. Yeah. The movie just chose not to show it. And eventually there will not be two of her in the future because the other version of her will invert herself. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that one will go back, and the other one will keep going. Yeah, they do a really good job in Tenet of like sticking to the the. Tenet. There's rules about time travel, but the yeah the tenets of time travel where like mm-hmm. you can't travel back in time and change anything because like you've already experienced it, and like the, the several times we see the protagonists go back to like figure out where something is, he's not changing where it is; he's just figuring out where it is. And so, like, that time he goes back in time and they're on the highway, the, the dude that flips in the car next to them when they're going forward is him. Yeah. He didn't go back and change that. He right. went back and is the reason that happened. To do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, that guy, that, so that guy can never go in, into the future because there's two of them. I just don't understand this. Too, this I, always, I don't understand how they get back to the... So it's, if you drew two lines next to each other, or one line next to each other... We honestly can stop hits, explaining it. He hits the inversion chamber, goes backwards, and then when he comes back out, yes, there's two of him, but the other version of him that's not the one that just came out is the one that's going to eventually go into the inversion chamber and come out. So eventually, after the, after the date that the dude goes into the inversion chamber, there will no longer be two of them. Just say it doesn't make sense. Went, sure. Sure. It doesn't I'm, make sense, I'm also bro. weirdly... I'm also, it doesn't make sense, bro. Like, what you're saying still doesn't make sense. Like... Because eventually this is going to keep looping. Also, it's not real. One doesn't disappear. It is real. No, one doesn't have to disappear. They never do. It never will. No, because the one... Next hung up on the fact that if if you create an additional one, why will there not always be two? You're never creating an additional one. She saw the girl jump off the the boat, and it was her. That's not another her. That is another her. her. No, it's her later. 
She, she, <laughs> okay, this she sees do... that. Sarge, she uh, sees yeah. that and then goes forward in time and then goes backwards in time <laughs> and then goes forward in time again. She doesn't create a copy of herself. Sarge? Her timeline just overlaps on top of itself for a second. Sarge? What's up? What do you think? <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm upset. I will, I will also admit. I will also admit. I'm a huge fucking nerd for time travel storylines. Really? I I go after them. Uh, as soon as I find out they exist, I love so time travel. I saw you, so, time machine too. I get it. Yeah, Back to the Future. That's movie. What? I don't like. It. If uh, let's use Milk Monkey's uh, question as our closer. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Wait, how did you did? Who, did t- that's what I was explaining oh, yeah. earlier when you couldn't okay. hear me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, visionary or overhyped? And the reason he put that is because I put that in the uh, tonight's topic. Sure. Sure. Because I was just uh, I don't know creating a point of contention. Cool. Yeah. He's a visionary. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Ooh. Oof. I don't know if visionary is the right word for me, but he's definitely an auteur. What is a visionary leaves... director? Well, uh, which which is a who whom who? Uh, I think I technically, um, George Lucas. You have to give Nolan visionary status, right? But there is a tinge of overhypeness about him, like. People kind of feel like he can do no wrong at this point, and that's totally not true. A, that seems I mean, kind of uh, hyper, it, it, hypercritical, but, isn't it? No, not really, because, like, okay, he is visionary. He, he has vision. Like, Inception, Interstellar, and Tenet are completely visionary, and The Prestige, to an extent. Batman Begins is just a fun there's, way of telling a there's story. No other, there's no other war movie like Dunkirk. It's pretty fucking unique. Yeah, so I think those are visionary, but also there's things in there that's not so visionary. Also, Memento is is a one of a kind movie as well. I've never seen also, a Memento. Are we are we defining a visionary as someone who's perfect or who does things no one else can do? That I think that means visionary. I think that means Which doing one? something doing something Second that one. nobody's done before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. not perfect. So you can no. be a visionary and still make movies that aren't great. Yeah. Yeah. But but you make but you do I'm make sorry, movies. Guys. Sorry guys, Michael Bay's visionary. Sorry, sorry. He created a whole fucking genre. Michael Bay is a visionary. He's done shit nobody's done before. So you know what I mean, and he and he kind of sucks. Ridley, so. Ridley, Ridley, Ridley Scott's is visionary. Yeah, but he can't make a good alien movie anymore. And he yeah, made right. Exodus: Gods and Kings, which was about Egyptians, and he cast Christian Bale and Taron Edgerton. Yeah, in mm-hmm. Egypt. <laughs> right. Not Taron Edgerton. And Edgerton. Spielberg, yeah. Kubrick, Hitchcock, Lucas. <laughs> Look at the same list. Lucas, yep. I think Lucas for sure. But like Spike Lee. Lee, yeah, Spike Lee, Fuck yeah. Um, uh, I think that, Kugler. Uh, Antoine, not We're not answering this Kugler. question though. Yeah. <laughs> We're just no, so I yeah, putting out the example because I just heard Caleb explain something that didn't make sense for ten minutes. I think that's a, there's a relationship with Nolan mentally, and I think he's over. He, he his uh, concepts are overhyped because basically to me they don't make sense. I think I understood what Caleb was talking about it, and I haven't seen the movie, but. I you have to see the movie because it doesn't make sense. Like you, it just doesn't make sense. I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. It's great, but it doesn't make sense, and that's where I think it's overhyped. At if you can watch Rick and Morty and have fun, you should be able to watch Tenet and have fun. And, I own and, Tenet, and, and it makes and it makes enough sense for you to enjoy it and call this man a goddamn visionary. Listen, listen. Yeah. I risk it all. Okay, I risked 
coronavirus to go see Tenet in the movie theaters. Okay? <laughs> I'm you... all about... Wait, fucker, you got it. <laughs> you got <laughs> coronavirus. Well I, had, well, I had it before I went to the movie theaters. That's why I <laughs> oh, went. okay. <laughs> he said, wait, fucker, you got it. <laughs> well, I, I had it. And I was just saying, I can. I think it's a bit of both, right? I think it's visionary because the concepts are abstract, but I think people explaining shit that doesn't one. make sense is... No, you don't. The right. world, is, your world comes, is very fluid. I do not have to do a, anything. Here comes a joke. Uh, maybe your your taste is skewed because you got coronavirus. Oh! Anyway. <laughs> okay, that's a good joke. That's a good joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, anyway. yeah, I think that I think that you can be a visionary and still have flaws. Um, yeah. yeah. And you, yep, you could be a visionary and still be overhyped. Oh, wait. Yes. But so you think, okay, so you do think he's contributed enough to Fast and to, to film <laughs> <laughs> that he's a visionary, but also overhyped. I th- yeah, I think his concept. Weird. Uh, that's fucking weird to me. I don't think I it's weird. I, you know, tech, fuck do you. you. Get, do How about you, that? Do you, tech, do you believe in the hype? Tech, do you believe in hype anymore? Do I believe in hype? Yeah, because you, you don't you don't for games you don't you don't for games. What do you mean I don't for games? Get hype for games? Yeah, you literally the entire time Cyberpunk was coming out, you were like, "It's hype, stupid." It's the too much hype. That, too much that hype. was stupid. That was too much hype. The Cyberpunk hype was off. It was too much hype. But, off the scale. But like, do you get hype for what? Do you get hype for in terms of like entertainment that's made by other people, not just like MCU? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I stay up every Tuesday morning till two o'clock to watch Loki. I've done that for every MCU show. Um, what else is there? Do you think WandaVision got overhyped? No, I got no, I got underhyped. Like people didn't didn't understand it. Like they like they don't understand I, the first two episodes of fucking writing genius. But didn't we talk about how like the last three episodes not paying off? Everybody's wild conjecture con, conjectures was everybody overhyping it. Like everyone and like expecting things out of it, thinking that we were gonna get Mephisto and we were gonna see Magneto. No, I think I just think that's a fun was... thing that people that people play with. I don't think it's overhyped. I think people were like, I think near the end people got Anybody... more on board because it was dumb enough for them to. Okay, so I people guess people disappointed because the hype got them anticipating something that didn't. I think yeah, you got disappointed, sure. Ben, because you got tired of the of the constant "What about this?" or do you see that M written on the wall in, in small letters like? I think you got frustrated with uh, the, all the over speculation, which could be considered overhyped. Yeah, I always want the MCU to go more grand than they do, and they have to play the long game. Oh yeah, they're they they're they're doing the it. Next twenty years plan, dude. They're doing so. it. For, they're doing it with Loki. I, I I have a theory right now that's going to disappoint everyone when they're done with Loki. Do you like you like killing hype? No, I love hype, dude. I get hyped <laughs> all the time, dude. I get hyped for Funko Pops, bro. Like I get. Do you I get, like? You like hype in small, bite-sized doses. No, just like realistically, bro. Like, all right. Realistic I, hype. Listen. <laughs> that's, a, that's a dot com. Go buy that shit. <laughs> Realistic here's, here's why I say he's overhyped. Because I've seen hype. Tenet multiple times, and I still don't think it makes sense. But Caleb swears it does. And I think that's only uh, it's a hype, hype beast type thing going on there. That's it. Mm. I think it's the I can hype draw, that allows I you that. I can draw on a piece of paper why this movie makes sense to me, though. It's not because it I think makes he's sense to anybody. Okay, I'm just messing with you now. Okay, I'm just go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kill <him just> like, <laughs> Kill I, like, I, will, I won't engage if you don't want me to at all. <laughs> I do. Just, just, I don't. But like, I'm I'm saying like I could draw this out on paper because it makes sense to me, and like 
it's not because I think he's ineffable at all. Um, but like at the same time, I think everybody, maybe not Ryan, cause he's, he's already admitted he's not that much of a movie guy. So he's excused, but I think of the other three of us, the next Christopher Nolan movie that gets announced, we're all going to go watch it without a second thought. And that's the, that's the, that's the, the scent of a, of a visionary of somebody who no matter what they do, you're sold. You have to be you have to be convinced not to go see it before you have to be convinced that it's worth seeing. That's a visionary. It, Someone who says, James "I'm making Gunn. this," and you go, "Dope." Huh? James Gunn. Sure, James Gunn. I will. I used to be. It used to be Quentin Tarantino for me, and then I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it felt extremely masturbatory, and I didn't like it at all. I should watch it again to see if my opinion changes. And after right. watching it in the theater, I was like. Bleh. Edgar Wright. Was that a, um, so I just Googled, does it make sense? And there's a thousand pages about it doesn't make sense. But go ahead. Go off. You've so, ever heard a confirmation bias? Oh, I understand. Yeah, I can Google anything and it'll be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> the moon is purple. Ah, there goes uh, the moon is purple. A glass of wine is better than an hour in the gym. Confirmed. A what? Con- glass of red wine is better than an hour in the gym. According to studies. <laughs> right. So... Thanks, Internet. <laughs> Drink up. <laughs> the Internet is... I have an answer for that but, but, uh, version of if you build it, they will come. <laughs> but I, I want to show you guys something. There's a th- I just think that there's there's a couple schools of thoughts on it, and you think it makes sense. I don't think it makes sense. I still enjoy it, still love it, but does it make logical sense? I don't think so. Especially hard going into inversion and healing yourself. But go off. Pick it up. Well, she doesn't heal herself. Pick it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Ryan. We won't have a podcast where we talk about things <laughs> yeah. we don't agree on. We should be like, okay, uh, Christopher Nolan, great, in a podcast. <laughs> Look, it's the first of my collection. That's dope. Very good. Very first good. order helmet. It's got Very a good. Square. It's and the everything. first one you bought, or it's first of my collection. So I'm gonna. You gonna have a helmet room? You said it was the no, first. Not one. hopefully not a whole room, but it's got a voice mod in there. I don't know if it's gonna come through, take your come through or not. Off. Take your headphones but. off, bro. I'm not going to put it on. I'm just going to talk. Do it. it. We want, we want to see it now. Do it. This is great for the audio God. podcast, by the way. That's why I wasn't going to do it. Jerk <laughs> He's gonna, do you're it. Gonna, you're going to talk through a PA. That's good for audio. That is true. It's not very loud, though. That's the problem. Oh, that sounds cool. Maybe you could talk oh, quieter. Can you hear the little, like, after? No. <laughs> no. Pretty cool, right? Oh, well. Yeah. Aren't you a little uh, short for a Stormtrooper? Damn. I've heard that like five times. How, the, how did you how did you hear that? That wasn't a comment. That wasn't a comment on his height tech. That was a line from the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were like, damn, you bro, shorty. Chill. You're like, damn, dude. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good place to end the podcast. Yeah, sure. We yeah, do the, what, it. what are you guys working on thing? Let's do that. I uh I don't really do anything too new. I'm kind of on the grind, man. Working on a bunch of shit. Working on a game. Working on my business. Working on some comics. That's it. Follow me on Twitter to watch all that shit. That's about it. Hell yeah. We're about hell to yeah. Pop- we're, about to, we're about to make a trailer for Void Speed. Like a full-on like f- list of features with sound effects and music and stuff like that. And then uh, that'll try to catapult us into next year, probably, actually. Get some wish lists and stuff like that. So... Yep. All right, all right. And I'm training Caleb's goofy ass three days a week. We got to do that uh, 23 hours from now. 
How's no, that? Ben. 12, 11 hours from now. Yes. 11 hours from now. <laughs> How's that going, Caleb? Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Still stronger it's, than uh, it was a li- <laughs> Not all the way. In some ways, but everyone's stronger than somebody in some way. Um, hello, everybody. I'm a walking fucking Pinterest board. Uh, yeah, no, I'm enjoying it a lot. It's been both like reassuring and kind of humbling. Like there are things that I didn't think I could do that I'm fine at. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not weak. And then yeah. there are the moments I realize that like it's not weakness, it's lack of stamina. Like I can I can be strong real quick, except for I one need to thing. Do it consistently, one thing, and it's the same thing. Everybody weeks. Everybody's got just kitten hamstrings. Every single person I train oh, has sure. hamstrings made out of tissue paper. So I make people do these uh, slick leg, slick floor leg curls. Where you try to get up off your butt and pull like uh, 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 your knee, your ankle, your feet towards you, if but they're on like a towel, you know. So you like slide mm-hmm. your legs toward you, your butt off the ground, and everybody's just like, "Do what now?" <laughs> it's just like yeah. body no move. But luckily, yeah. I don't live a life that makes me need to kick my butt with my own foot. Very Nobody often. needs. Not many people <laughs> need hamstring muscles, so yeah. training them is a bit weird. But anyway, yeah, it's good for your butt. Good for your back. Awesome. Um, I'm working on finishing up uh, edits for me and my grandma's podcast. That's working relatively quickly. Not relatively quickly. It's working. It's moving. Finally. Um, lots of like events with family moving and shit going on this last month. Um, I also wrote about 2000 words worth of world building today for the game me and Ben are starting to make um and that felt extremely good i was finally able to dump the ideas that have been tumbling around in my head out onto paper which was very nice um sorry <laughs> i'm boring tech obviously no 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 no. i was uh, just looking at something <laughs> um yeah i've been doing ads for if you've no, i don't know nobody that listens to this would see the ads it's probably. not it's not their business uh, yeah. but, uh, I've been doing, yeah. I've been doing some, uh, behind the scenes stuff with, with the podcast and I'm enjoying it. Yes. Cool. Yes. So, yeah. And oh, yeah. I, was, I wasn't going to read stats. <laughs> I was just talking about what I'm doing. <laughs> um, 200 yeah. of you have listened to us this day. <laughs> and I've applied it f- <laughs> like four game studios and, uh, a game publication for, contract or like permanent jobs in the last week so cross your fingers about those nice. or don't it depends on whether or not Neat. you want me to succeed <laughs> i think <laughs> that's, everyone that's wants you to win my friend you didn't when i was explaining time travel but that's for me who said that because it didn't make sense <laughs> sarge what you got going on <laughs> um i half quit jo- i half quit my job this week yay um yeah <laughs> I, I actually I actually demoted myself from I've, management to just uh, a normal well, team member. I'll be in there in a minute. Assistant co-manager. I'm t- okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, so I demoted myself as a manager down to just a normal team member. That way I can uh, spend more time at, with family and uh, get my, my, actual, my other business going. Uh, Ben's about finalized up with the graphics, so I can start that next week, hopefully. Get some business cards made, some flyers made, and get shit posted and get to it. Ah. Um, but that's about it. Nice. I got it, you know, just trying to do what I can. Oh, yeah. With my family more. Oh, yeah. Techn- technological supremacy. Yeah. Um, I'm up to not traveling because I'm tired of traveling. It's been a very travel heavy month. 
Um, so just getting back into the uh, the business groove of things, which is going pretty good. Um, you know, I started my own podcast. Uh, that's going pretty good. I really like that. Um, I'm actually getting a lot more traction on TikTok now. Kind of figured that one out. Sweet. Um, which sucks. You got to do three videos a day to get in their algorithm. Kind of sucks. <laughs> um, which is a lot, I feel like. But um, thinking about getting back into DJing. So I'm going to look awesome. towards getting some new equipment because I was DJing all up into the pandemic and I kind of haven't since. So I'm getting back into that. Um, focusing on getting some music done. You know, I got some new music that I've made and I'm pretty happy about. So I want to start, you know, getting real healthy with the release, but kind of just focusing on all the creative stuff that I do, making sure business is straight, making sure, you know, money's coming in. And that's about it. That and my Funko hunting, which has been going insane. Yeah, sure. I mean, I actually like yeah. flipped a Funko last week, which was really exciting. You did. <laughs> very, very exciting. And um, you should call it, you should call it funk hunting. Fun hunting. That's <laughs> that's not going to get approved by the Instagram when I try to make it. What? <laughs> the fun co hunting, fun hunting. Oh boy, that took me a second. <laughs> yeah, every time somebody repeats it, it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, just you know, a bunch of creative stuff. Nothing major, you know. And and I need to become a better uh, organizer of my time. Yeah. You know, work because like daily struggle. Yeah, I mean, I, I get up so early and like I still like between like I had a session a day that ran from like nine to noon, a recording session, it completely derailed my my work day. And then I got to get my workout in. So, yeah, time management sucks. Yep. 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 We need the, we need those Mars days, those 36 hour days. That'd, yeah, be, cool. that'd be lit. Do a little nap yeah. in between and just get back to it. <laughs> I guess freelance, we can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we could make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah, we could. Right. I just thought about it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. Anything else, guys? That's it. That's Thanks it. everybody for listening. Uh, Nerdybits.com for all the information, all our links, all our uh, RSS and subscriptions and all that stuff. We've got merch stores at uh, it We Are Illustrious, right? Oh, is it? Is that it? No, no, no. It's not uh, Illustrious Merch. Illustrious Merch. Dot com slash nerdy bit, something like that. This is illustriousmerch.com, and then it's it's on the front page. You can't miss it. Collection. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Buy Send us it. a link of you uh, wearing something for fuck's sake. I'm wearing we'll something. You... Sarge wearing something. Yeah, but you know, the listeners yeah. give you a shout out. Yeah. Tweet us. Tweet us at nerdy bits. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. We'll see you all in a couple weeks to talk about something else another time at yeah. length. We love you. In, in, a, in an argumentative fashion. And it, this we one will make sense. It'll make sense argue. next time. We, like, <laughs> we might need diagrams. But we'll bring a mathematician to explain. I'm going to show up with like grid paper that I've charged. Oh, a whiteboard. Yeah. Dude, let's put a whiteboard. whiteboard. <laughs> the person responsible for the next topic has to have a whiteboard. <laughs> anyway. That's unfair. Until next can... time, everyone. Thank you for listening. I love you. Peace, peace, peace. I love you more. I don't.